back everyone to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Pierce Bogan. Oh my goodness, Pierce, I've missed you. It's been way too long, like two weeks. We got to talk more often, dude. Just got to keep got to keep talking every day. The East every Coast, day. West Coast thing is getting to me. I know it's so far. You're you're like, I got a hard stop at three. I was like, what is three? It's like, it's not even lunch here yet. Like what's going on in life? Oh my goodness, it's crazy. Up We're having a heat wave here though. I'm not going to lie. It's a balmy 80 degrees here, 85 degrees, maybe 90. Who knows? I bought a new fan, a Dyson fan. It's very nice. It's also an air purifier, but it is crazy because poor Canada right now, there is like all these wildfires going on and it's swooping in on Seattle and like you can barely see our city. It's crazy. Like there's just smog overlay everything and it's, it's like unhealthy to go outside almost. It's bananas. That's scary. Coming from Alabama, I'm obviously used to the heat, but we never really had any issues with fires and stuff like that. And like every time I see that on the news, I'm like, man, that's scary. That has to be like the scariest situation because you really like you have no power over that situation. There's not much you can do to like fix it. It's just kind of like a terrible situation all around. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bananas. Oh, my goodness. Pierce, Pierce, Pierce. Uh, What's going on new in Boston? Anything? Nothing too much. Talk about it a little bit later, but just been uh, messing around a little bit with some of the stuff in our alpha channel. So we've got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So that's that's cool to see. Besides that, nothing really much. We're getting close to the end of of summer, which is kind of sad because in Alabama, the summers are like five months, but here they're like two months. (laughs) And the worst thing is that the water never gets warm enough to actually go in because we have all this water around us. Obviously, we're right on the coast and we can't really go, you can't really like go spend time in the water. You can sit on the beach and like relax and like tan, like, oh, I'll get my tan on. But you can't just like go chill in the water, which kind of stinks because coming from Alabama, like we grew up in the water. I grew up in rivers and lakes and in the ocean. And here it's like the weather is amazing, but then you jump in the water, you get hypothermia. <laughs> so, um, but summer, summer's been good. Um, it's my third summer here. And, uh, with winter right around the corner, I'm a little little scared because we haven't had a bad winter while I've been here. The winter before I moved here was the worst winter like in history, the history of Boston. So hopefully that doesn't happen because I bought a car um, and uh, I have to park it outside. So that would be a very terrible situation all around. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this, the seasons here are very pronounced, uh, which is a little different than what I'm used to. But I'm all about the Boston life, so I can't really complain. That's good. I I remember actually being there for that winter. Like it was like one of the first months I think I started at Xamarin and I went to go visit the Boston office. I think I got off the train and it was just feet upon feet of snow. But I think the year after that was even worse. I I think I remember Joseph sending me a picture of his like out outdoor. His kids have like a play set, you know, and and like the top of the slide, like you could go one foot from the top of the slide and then you were in the snow. That's crazy. Which is ridiculous. But I remember him saying like, oh, I need to invest. I remember talking to him. He's like, oh, I'm going to invest in all this because he has to like, you know, snowplow his driveway and all that stuff. And he's like, I'm going to invest in all this like stuff, this equipment that's going to keep this from happening again. And he went and bought all this equipment and hasn't needed it for the past two years. And I know he's going to get rid of it. And then we're going to have a terrible winter. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, let's talk some Xamarin Forms goodness. Hopefully, I don't want to even think about snow because, well, it is ending. The, the the summer is coming to a close, I guess. I just I'm, I'm happy for our fall and I don't even want to think about snow at all or or rain basically is what it here is in Seattle because we've gone actually it's the longest in Seattle history of no rain. I think we're at 53, 54 days or something crazy like that. It's bananas. 
but um, hopefully it does rain because I do like the rain. It actually needs to come down. But let's talk a little bit of news. Let's get into the news. A lot of things we've uh, happened in the last uh, few weeks and a lot of stuff happening in the next few weeks. So I think we'll have a really exciting, awesome, cool show in two weeks. But that doesn't mean that this show is not going to be awesome because we have some cool stuff to go through. And actually, the very first thing I want to talk about is this really cool blog post um, by David Ortnow, which is a beginner's guide to contributing to Xamarin Forms. And if you've ever messed around in the Xamarin Forms code base at all, you know that it's big. There's a lot going on. Not only is the sheer amount of code for actual Xamarin Forms the abstraction, but for each platform implementation, and then there are unit tests and UI tests and like issue trackers and custom um, attributes and all sorts of crazy stuff. So what David did is he said, hey, listen, we know there's a lot, there's a lot going on here, but what does everything mean um, inside of this actual um, repo that you're going to go ahead and download off of GitHub and even tells you before we even do that, make sure you sign the .NET Foundation release, uh, make sure you look at the style guide, um, which I've been caught on a few times um, for not following 100% and trying to do pull requests. And then just kind of talks through like, hey, when you open the solution, here's what's going on, right? Like you can walk through and look at the controls galleries, the platforms, understand like where code is at, where you want to might get access to it. And then if you're actually fixing bugs or looking to um, uh, look at bugs that were fixed to see if there was a regression or something like that, too, there's actually this test app gallery that you can launch um, on iOS, Android or any of the platforms and actually walk through all the bugs that are assigned from Bugzilla, which is crazy, which is really cool. And then he even goes through like how I would deploy uh, a pull request into the actual repo. So it's a really great guide um, of walking through um, the Xamarin Forms repo. I was kind of blown away because I've, I've walked through it many, many moons and done some PRs, but it's been a while. So yeah, it's really cool because this, this is actually a guide not even before you get to contribution, but you mentioned just like if you want to go and see how something works in Xamarin Forms. Uh, this guide is going to explain to you all the different components of the source code. And I mean, to be honest, when you pull down a large repo or that, you, that you're not familiar with, it's a little scary. So it's nice that, that David has gone through and documented that. And one really cool thing that I like is I think it's been really cool in the forms community because I think about almost a year ago, we opened up the Xamarin Evolution Forum. And that allows people to submit proposals um, for features as well into Xamarin Forms. So one thing that we were noticing is, hey, we have all these awesome ideas for Xamarin Forms. And so what would end up happening is people would just be like, oh, let me submit a PR, right? And so people would submit a PR and then there was all these like edge cases that weren't considered and things that need to go into the design and things like that. And the person's already gone through all this work to submit this PR. Um, so that was kind of unfortunate. So what we ended up doing is we created this evolution forum. And essentially what you can do is if you go to forms.xamarin.com, you can go in, you can browse ideas that others have have proposed. And actually what happens is, is every now and then the team will go in there and triage all of those issues and say, hey, like this is a great fit for Xamarin Forms. And they'll approve the request and they'll approve a design that was tentatively uh, proposed. And then when you go to submit the PR, um, you can follow this guide on how to how exactly to go about implementing something that you may maybe it's a bug, maybe it's a feature. And then you can actually, you know, contribute to Xamarin Forms. And it's been really cool over the past couple of years to see, well, I guess since uh, Evolve 2016 to see all the different contributions to Xamarin Forms that people are doing because it's not just features, like you said, it's it's bugs and things like that as well. Um, 
So it's been great to see the community involvement in that project. I mean, Forms, over the last six months, I don't know if you've tried Xamarin Forms 234 or even some of the new pre-releases, but there's just been so much happening there. And it's been great to see, I think the last release had over 200 bug fixes. So it's been great to see the emphasis on quality and and stability and performance within Forms as well. So I think, in my opinion, Xamarin Forms 234 was the best Xamarin Forms yet. Um, so I'm super excited for what's in store. So if you want to contribute, this is definitely a guide that's worth looking into. Yeah, it's super great. And then even just to go through and just see how this massive scale type of open source project is structured and the requirements that they have um, kind of getting started, um, kind of good because I want to take some of the things that they're doing and kind of implement in some of the things that I'm doing, which is kind of cool. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And And what I love is that not only... Uh, are we really enabling more developers to contribute to the Xamarin Forms code base, but also, you know, really helping people get started, whether it's sample applications, documentation, or of course, you know, writing cool things on the blog post. And I really like some of the stuff that uh, we've done in the past uh, about the ebook series that Charles Petzl done. Um, there was a new one about enterprise application patterns and like a full like eShop application. And my favorite, David Britch. I mean, I'll tell you, he uh, on our documentation team, he's phenomenal. I mean, our documentation team is is fantastic. And I love this post that he did on validation because I get this question all the time, which is I'm writing a lot of applications that are doing CRUD operations and CRUD operations are cr- create, read, update, delete CRUD, um, where you're reading a lot of information from a database, from a web server, and you need to input tons of data but often you need to validate it. And you know, Xamarin Forms is crazy because it has all these styles and it has uh, effects and it has data triggers and event, like all these different things. And you know, when I go and I demo Xamarin Forms or building out a Forms application, I'm not always using all these cool things that I know I should be using because I just need to get something done. But I, I really like this validation post on how to not only validate things with like behaviors and these data triggers um, that are occurring, but actually how to abstract that into like a common validation rule and you can create multiple validation rules and then have like a little error message be displayed and different colors show up. It looks really great. I was uh, super blown away by this blog post. It's really not that much code that has to be written to actually implement something like this. So I know I'm going to start doing this on on all my different actual applications, uh, like when it comes to like, you know, login, username, password, or just data entry. So I don't have to enable or disable things or, you know, I want to give my users a nice little validation code. Yeah. And I think almost every application in some form, if the user has to enter some information, you're going to need some sort of validation. And the code for that is often very messy. But like you mentioned, David has found a way to make this super smooth and easy to implement. So now when I'm I'm going back through and I'm building rebuilding my moments application, I'm going to have to apply some of this validation stuff that he's done here. And as you mentioned, the ebook's fantastic. I mean, it has a whole bunch of other stuff in there as well. Like it talks about unit testing, microservices, auth, something that pretty much every app has. It talks about some of the things that are Xamarin forms, but at the same time are more involved with like other parts of the framework as well that sometimes our docs are, you know, this is how you do it in Xamarin forms, but not some of these, how you tie all these other pieces together. And I think that enterprise application patterns ebook completely free, by the way, if you just, if you just go to our docs page, it's on there uh, for Xamarin forms. Uh, it's pretty good. Even if obviously if you're not building enterprise applications, it's worth taking a look at. But James, you are the go-to Android guy. 
and I think you have crossed over into the dark side with your latest blog post because for years you have been telling me, do not put tabs on the bottom on Android, but you have now written a post which tells me that I should do so. Explain yourself, sir. Well, I'm not saying that you should or you have to. I'm saying that you can if you want to. Um, you know, this is actually a big change. It's been around for actually, about, I would say six, seven, maybe a little bit more months that I've not wanted to write about. But actually now Google themselves are kind of implementing bottom navigation. That's what they call it, not tabs. They call it bottom navigation. They don't call it tabs because there already are tabs. And that's what's really important. Um, if you're an Android developer, you kind of know that, you know, I think if you're an app developer in general, there are certain paradigms of navigation that we're kind of used to. Maybe you have a list of things to navigate through. Uh, maybe you have like a dashboard type situation where there's a grid of different icons that you navigate through. Um, uh, perhaps it's a flyout navigation or on iOS, they call it tabs, which are on the bottom of the page. And on Android, we've always had really two major, well, there's been multiple major navigation paradigms, which are tabs, which is like, hey, I have a few sections of this application and I'm going to go ahead and navigate those. So maybe I have an about page and I have a list view or I have um, my photos and my, my, my videos that are there and those are going to be my top tabs and tops are always on the tab on the top on Android. They're sections of an application. Now what's unique about Android though, is that those aren't necessarily have to be used as top level navigation. Usually you would combine tabs maybe with a navigation drawer to say, Oh, my main sections of this application are, are sessions and speakers. And when I tap on sessions, I have tabs like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So tabs are kind of like these multi-dimensional things that you could swipe through that could be used for filtering a section or a top level navigation. So I have my recents, my favorites and nearby or something like that. But as kind of applications grow and expand, you kind of have to realize that there's certain things that are more complex. Um, and we need different scenarios of navigation. So something like the YouTube application has four, four or five sections and they used to have top navigation, which I really like top tabs that I could just swipe through to get to my sections. And they moved them to the bottom, but you can't swipe through them because bottom navigation doesn't have swipe. So what is bottom navigation? I'm glad that, that I finally got here to this bottom navigation are essentially iOS equivalent tabs. That's really what they are, but with material design and they're really made for an application where your top level navigation are three to five sections um, because that's the most you can have is five um, inside of here. And then it gets very mad and doesn't really work. It like is not recommended at all. Um, I've never tried more than five. I think that it might implode. I'm not I'm not positive. But if you do have more than five, what I've seen a lot of applications do is they'll put a navigation drawer that flies out with all of their sections and their most important ones on the bottom. So you can go ahead and go through those. But these are like top level things. So they're not for filtering necessarily. They're not like inside of a five pages deep in the application. And then that's where my tabs exist. This is like my home, my favorites, my recents, my nearby or whatever of my application. And the cool thing is that they actually follow a very similar paradigm to the navigation drawer, which is that they have a menu for an XML menu that describes their icons, uh, if they're visible or not. Um, they look very, very similar um, to tabs as far as the Android XML goes. They, um, 
they have a frame layout and you use fragments to swap them in and out, which is super cool. And there's a lot of nice little animations that are automatically done for you, um, which is cool. And I, and I wrote this whole blog post on not only just how to implement them, but how to actually spice them up correctly with elevation and adding colors because you have to do selector states and a few other things like that to get them working properly. Um, but yeah, you can totally do it. They're totally there. As long as you follow the do's and don'ts in the material design guideline, which I linked to, which tell you exactly when to use them, when not to use them and, and, uh, and how to, yeah, how to use them. That's awesome. And I understand that you've also created some templates to help guide people um, with using bottom nav, with using some of these other navigation paradigms in Android. Um, so how, where exactly can people find these templates? How can they get them installed? Yeah, so that's a great point. So what I did is I have the Xamarin templates where I used to publish tons of extra templates that people could download. And, and I haven't done that in a bit. I haven't published them because there's kind of different formats for 2015 and 2017 and VS for Mac. So now that way I have kind of more insight into the team and how it's working is that what I wanted to do is I created five templates, all application compat um, templates. So just a blank app, a single view app, which is very similar, which are just like, here's an app that I'm going to create. But then I created the three different navigation paradigms of tabs, bottom navigation and navigation drawer. Um, so five different layouts. And what I wanted to say was, hey, look, give me feedback. So in that blog post of bottom navigation on the bottom, you can actually find these five templates inside of my, my Xamarin templates repo and you can download them. You can start your application from there and just rename a bunch of stuff or just kind of look at how I implemented them. But looking for feedback to see what you think, because the idea here is making these the default templates in one of the next upcoming releases of Visual Studio and Visual Studio for Mac. So right now, there's just some non-app compat and there's no navigation drawer, um, you know, and things like that in there. But like, is there anything else people wanna see? Like what other good project templates would you like to see as the default? So let me know what you think. Um, and they're all there, they're available. They're available to go check out today. That's awesome, yeah. If you have any template feedback in general, uh, send it to me and James um, because we definitely want to set people up for success right out of the box. So if there's anything we can do, anything that you think the template should have um, straight out of the box, I mean, obviously you have to you have to balance, okay, someone may know absolutely nothing about mobile development. What is the right amount of content to show them um, with like setting up people who are, you know, power users for success. Um, but we definitely want to make sure that, you know, coming straight out of file new, you're in a situation where you can get started on your app like right away without having to add any infrastructure or anything like that. So it's nice that I think that's like often the first thing I add when I, uh, when I file new, as far as the UI is concerned, obviously you, you go in and you add like your top level nav. And so it's nice that you've gone and, and created some templates for that for Android. It's pretty nifty. So C sharp seven, James, I have to admit I'm a terrible developer. And I don't know that much about C Sharp 7. I know a ton about C Sharp 6. It was all about that C Sharp 6 life, but I don't know much about C Sharp 7. So what should I care about there? Because I know you've written a blog post about that. So what are your some of your favorite features? What are the high points of C Sharp 7 in your opinion? Yeah, you know, C Sharp 7 has been around for, for a little bit of time. And I, I think even when C Sharp 6 came around, like you people may have started using some of the features, but not even knew that they were using C Sharp 6 or that they could use some of these C Sharp six or seven features now. And I wanted to not try to describe at a high level every single feature because there's documentation of going doing that, but letting people know, hey, 
This is available today, not only in Visual Studio 2017, but also Visual Studio for Mac. So you can go ahead and actually, you know, use this stuff, which is super cool. Um, it's because it's available, um, which is nice. And then what I wanted to do is just kind of talk about some of my favorite features where I think developers could benefit. And there's been a huge kind of reorganization of tuples, which are super fun when you need to get multiple values out of a function and how they're described uh, in there. There's a lots of enhancements, which I super love to exp uh, expression bodied members where new properties um, and getters and setters uh, have been um, expression body defied, if you will, which are super nice. And even constructors and deconstructors and finalizers. And probably one of my favorite features, which I often overlook is pattern matching. And this is a good instance where I kind of really describe that often I might be getting an object and I might need to cast it as something. So a good event is, um, when I, get uh, a click event on a list view. I get an object back from Xamarin Forms, for instance. And what usually what I do is I say, you know, this item as um, as a as a person or as a monkey, for instance, right? So whatever the object type is. And then what I have to do is I have to check to make sure it's not null and then I can access the properties from it. What I'm actually able to do is just say, if item is monkey, right? we've used is before that usually returns true or false, but I can actually add a variable right after it. So I could say if item is monkey, monkey, then actually return, uh, actually get that monkey. It's actually scoped then in that actual, um, in that actual um, scope, I guess, afterwards. So I, I wrote this blog post so people can kind of follow along and see how C sharp seven can help simplify a little bit of your code as you're going through um, and, and just kind of using Visual Studio on a day to day basis. So just a few little uh, tips and tricks. And of course, I link to the full documentation on it. But I really, really love some of these little nice tweaks uh, to C sharp. So definitely give it a look sees if you haven't um, yet, because there's so many little tiny things that are like really, really awesome um, inside of C sharp seven. So try to go get started. I want everyone to get started really with C sharp seven. If they're not using it, um, you'll see it pop up in a lot of my code that I have, uh, all over the place. So definitely give it a peek. Awesome. And is there anything special I need to use? Like, do I need to have only like visual studio 2017? Like what versions of visual studio do I need to use C sharp seven? Yeah. To use C sharp seven, you just need visual studio for Mac, uh, or visual studio 2017. And it's all included and you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think yeah, it really resonated with me when you're talking about C sharp six features and not even knowing that you're using them. Like I was using like I saw I because I often like, like you say, you have a lot of code, James. And if you're a Xamarin developer, you've often gone through some of your code and like, you know, you see string interpolation or something or expression body members in there. And you're like, hmm, let me see if I can do that in my code. And like I used them for like a few months before I realized actually what I was using, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, but uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, Xamarin University, amazing, by the way, um, is a great way to get started with mobile development. So obviously there is the um, the classes that they have, the the full curriculum where you go through, I don't know anything about mobile development to I'm, I know everything about mobile development or I know a lot about mobile development. Um, and you can go through that and that's a, a paid course. Um, but we also have our self-guided learning, which is completely free. Um, and for people who want to get started, I always say, that's one of the easiest ways to get started is to run through all the self-guided learning because I think it does a good job of 
kind of covering the fundamentals. So like all the things that you would actually need to know before you could really start building out a, a real application, it covers. And then as you actually build out an application, you can go, oh, I need to, I need to know about Bluetooth or con- how to do contacts or something like that, how to take a picture. And you can go find the docs for that and do it as you go. But it's kind of like a fundamental thing that it teaches you. So that's pretty cool. But another cool thing that the Xamarin University team does for everyone are these things called guest lectures. So essentially what they do is they take different people from our community who are amazing and building really cool stuff or, or want to show us really cool stuff. Um, so both from our community and across Microsoft and other companies as well. And they invite them on to do a guest lecture. And so this is essentially just like an hour talk on a particular particular topic. So right now there are a few new Xamarin University guest lectures scheduled for August. Um, this one already happened, but there are recordings for the past guest lectures up as well. Um, so if you just Google Xamarin University guest lectures, there's a listing of all of them. Uh, but at the beginning of August, there was an uh, a one from Martin on MVVM Cross 5. So MVVM Cross 5 recently came out and uh, a lot of our community members use that when they're building out uh, mobile applications with Xamarin. So that, that if you're curious as to what exactly MVVM Cross is, that's pretty cool. Uh, in addition, MVVM Frameworks, Brian Lagunas has a guest lecture on the 21st covering uh, MVVM and Xamarin Forms with Prism, all about that Prism life. And so that's, that's going to be a cool one to check out. If you're curious about game development with Unity, there's a scheduled guest lecture for later this month, as well as an introduction to Rosalind uh, with Matthew Robbins, who is the creative infractor, which we've covered quite a bit on this podcast and the Xamarin blog, which is a productivity tool for Visual Studio for Mac um, for AXML and XAML. Um, so he's going to kind of talk a little bit about Rosalind and how exactly that powers infractor. Rosalind, very scary. The Rosalind compiler platform seems scary, but uh, Matthew has always done a great job of explaining things like on a very you know, basic level, even though they may actually be much more complicated than he's explaining them as. And so as someone who's interested in Rosalind, that's definitely something I'm going to be attending. So yeah, those are all really cool things worth checking out. Um, And I believe there's also lightning lectures that you can check out, which are um, like five to 15 minutes on particular topics as well. So I know there's some on like authentication and a few other topics as well. So those are a little bit like more contained to a specific topic, kind of like quick hit get uh learn a little bit about a subject and move on these are a little bit more in depth but yeah it's great to see that there's all this different content i mean we have the blog we have developer.xamarin.com we have um, xamarin university self-guided learning we have the guest lectures we have the lightning lectures we have user groups we have conferences xamarin's everywhere so if you want to learn about it there's so many different places you can get started and this is a really good place to keep up with what's happening in the xamarin community yeah i agree there's so many cool things happening, not only just, you know, and these um, amazing developers out in the community kind of going through sharing what they've learned um, on a database and subjects that, you know, it's hard for me and you to learn every single thing out there. So you got to learn from these other experts that are building these libraries or doing really cool things out there. So it's always super cool to see all these guest lectures. And I like to go through and watch them uh, afterwards, too, which is quite fun. Um, You know, I do a lot of videos too. I'm not going to lie about it. I had some uh, awesome guests on the Xamarin show recently. You can go to xamarinshow.com, which is a weekly developer show on channel nine, which is um, our internal, well, not internal, but our external (laughs) Microsoft um, developer video portal. Basically, there's all these shows and awesome content being created by Microsoft employees and uh, having people from the community on or learning about what's new happening inside of Microsoft. And I created the Xamarin show to kind of talk about what's happening on 
in, in the world of Xamarin by having people from the community come on, talk about what they're working on, people at Microsoft working on awesome projects, um, or just kind of new features. I can do these little snack pack editions that are really short, but I had two recent episodes, episode 27 and 28. The first one I had Vittorio on, who was talking about using the Azure Active Directory authentication library, or MSAL, to, to do Azure Active Directory and Microsoft authentication cross-platform, which is super fun. If you listen to last week's episode, I think I mentioned that I had him on in an upcoming episode, um, and it was my favorite pick of the week as far as um, um, tools and packages go. But this week, I had uh, Donna on from the Azure Functions team, and I've been using Azure Functions quite a bit, and she came on not only to talk about what the heck Azure Functions are for serverless compute, but also how do they relate to mobile application development, and where can mobile developers um, utilize Azure Functions. So she showed a lot of cool use cases of resizing images, um, cleaning databases, but also doing some really cool workflow stuff like doing cognitive services to say like, what is this image? And should this be approved or declined? And, and actually making sure like text doesn't have any vulgar words or anything like that in it, which was super cool. So we'll put uh, links to that in the show notes, uh, which is super cool. And I try to do those every single Wednesday when you go to xamarinshow.com and that just redirects you right over to the to the channel nine page. Yeah, I'm, functions are absolutely amazing. I've been, we've been using them like internally for just like Xamarin related things. Like right now we have one set up in our Slack channel when I get a new bug filed against a particular component, you know, it pings me in Slack. So that's that's a webhook that's powered by an Azure function that's checking Bugzilla, which is pretty amazing. You mentioned some of the use cases for uh, mobile applications. I, there's just so many like, just with moments, you mentioned like the adult content check, like when every time I upload an image, let's have um, it scanned and see if there's any adult content there. Let's periodically go through and clean up our database for anything that's really old. Let's compress those images so that they don't take up as much uh, room on disk. There's all these really, really cool workflows that you can do for mobile apps. I think now, like if I was starting a new mobile application today and like I am with with moments which is my Snapchat clone which I realized I've just been referencing and assuming that everyone knows what that is classic Pierce so self-involved there's just so many different workflows that I think make sense that I think I'm moving forward I'm like all about functions and all about Cosmos DB and that's basically going to be like the foundation of my mobile back-end story moving forward like if I could if I could redesign my, my architecture today, I think that's what I do because you get the scaling with Cosmos DB, you get the scaling with functions, functions, all the different triggers that happen that I need to respond to in a mobile app that I don't really want to do a web job for or something like that. Just really, really cool. It's really cool to see all the things that are happening in the cloud space. And think, speaking of things that are happening, James, we have some new releases for the peoples. Um, so it we released stop. a new alpha. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Again, the version numbers are a little confusing, but uh, we released an alpha for Visual Studio 2017 version 15.4. Mm-hmm. So right now in stable, at, at the time of this recording, uh, in stable, there is Visual Studio 15.2. In beta or the preview version of Visual Studio, uh, which is a separate install, that is the 15.3 preview. And then mm-hmm. this is the 15.4 preview, which you can get via the Xamarin Updater. And if you have absolutely no idea what that is, um, it's essentially an extension that you install into Visual Studio. So you would install it into a preview instance of Visual Studio. And we can ship updates to that, like our alpha releases to that. So if you're familiar with our 
um, with our old updater channels we used to have in Visual Studio and we have in Visual Studio for Mac, you know, stable beta alpha. This is kind of the equivalent of the alpha channel. And in that we've shipped a 15.4 alpha release and we have some pretty cool stuff in there, James, especially relating to our good friend, the Xamarin Live player. So you want to tell people about that? Yeah, we do. This is, um, so there was a, you know, when you install, this is also for Visual Studio for Mac, like you said, 7.2, which is in the alpha channel there. There is new updates for the actual Xamarin Live Player, uh, which we've been working on. There's a brand new um, alpha program to get newer versions of the app, which is separate than the IDE, because there's a little bit, there's not very much that happens in the IDE, just some connection status and things like that. Um, and deploying the code over over Wi-Fi to make the, the connection. Um, so we have some updates to the app, but also uh, for the IDE, which are cool. So as we continue to roll out features, since the Xamarin Live Player is kind of preview right now, when you install these latest bits, there's going to be lots of little tweaks and things under the hood that you may not see. But um, you can go and enable it. You have to enable it now because it's kind of like a preview feature per se. But you go and enable it via um, tools, options, essentially, and preferences. And you'll see a live player section in there and you can enable it. And um, you're good to go. That That's the way to get it. And kind of as these things uh, roll in and as 15.4, the preview kind of goes into the beta. You won't have to install via the updater. It'll just come packaged up inside of it, which is nice. Um, because at this point, we really are getting very far along in version 15.3 as we've released preview seven. Um, and those pre preview numbers, as they continue to grow, you have to imagine that we're getting closer and closer to a, a launch on it, which is really cool. And I've been using 15.3 for quite some time um, and Visual Studio for Mac 7.1, which has tons of goodies built right into it. Um, so that will eventually become you know stable. So be sure to listen um, in a few weeks to the Xamarin podcast for the latest and greatest there. But Pierce, we're not done because if a beta and an alpha weren't enough, you know that we have a new preview on top of the alphas and the betas and all that goodness. Now, these things here, right? So if you're a Xamarin developer and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, whoa, James and Peter, what are you guys talking about? There's like so much stuff going on. Just use the stable. Don't, don't worry about us. Just be like, whoa, they're doing lots of cool stuff. Don't worry about it. It's all gravy. But if you're a Xamarin developer and you're like, oh man, I'm really excited for iOS 11 and Mac OS 10.13. And like, I need to get all my bits on for core ML and, and AR kit and all that stuff. And you want to play around with it because you're bleeding edge and you're just like, you know, like Frank Krueger and he's just like writing all these crazy apps and doing all this stuff. Well, you can get access to that stuff because we have a preview which also comes via that updater channel, basically. Um, this is preview three. We mentioned that preview one, I think, shipped a few weeks ago. And this is going to bring um, the brand new Xcode 9 features and iOS uh, 11 and Mac OS 10.13 uh, to Visual Studio uh, for Mac and 2017 and 2015, too. So you can download uh, those uh, specific things that you need to via the updater channels uh, that are there. And these guides that are really nice on releases.xamarin.com walk you through uh, what you need to do uh, to get there. Awesome. Well, with that, we're to our favorite part of the podcast, James. The package favorite. or tool of the podcast. I'm ready. This is my favorite. This is probably one of my favorite things that we've done. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know what exactly brings so much joy into my life when we get to this part of the podcast, but uh, for some reason, it makes me really happy. And we actually have a recurring segment. We like never had anything recurring on the podcast. It's just like, hey, what are we going to talk about? But 
Um, this is something we got for the people every week. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. What's your tool, David? My tool and or package pick of the week uh, happens to be where that bottom navigation view that we talked about earlier came from because people are always wondering, how do I get all this awesome, spectacular, you know, shenanigans when it comes to um, uh, material design? Well, that comes from the Android support library design, the design support library. This puppy here has all of the goodies that you could possibly imagine, like floating action buttons and on those edit text things where the like the text comes up and it highlights really cool via the hint and all sorts of goodies, like even the navigation drawer and the bottom navigation drawer is all on there. So a whole bunch of goodies on there. If you're wondering, oh, I'm building a Xamarin Android application, how come I don't have XYZ? Well, guess what you do? You just got to install this little nugget into your application and you're good to go. What about you, Pierce? I mentioned Cosmos DB and Document DB earlier. And so my uh, package of the podcast is the Document DB SDK uh, for .NET. Uh, pretty amazing, completely cross-platform. Uh, the thing I love about all the Microsoft uh, cloud libraries is they're designed by C-sharp developers for C-sharp developers. Seems kind of like that would be obvious, but using some of the other libraries, you're like, this doesn't feel like it was written for a C-sharp developer. So that's always awesome. And then one of my favorite parts is obviously Document DB, Cosmos DB. We're working with data. So it's super, super important to be able to get, uh, to do all these rich queries against it, all these complex different queries. And obviously querying .NET, link, uh, this library supports some very rich link queries that you can do against the individual documents within uh, Cosmos DB. So that's pretty nifty as well. Um, so all around, pretty, pretty freaking solid and uh, all about that Document DB life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's pretty awesome. I do like that. It's pretty rad. Um, because, um, in general, when you need to get data, you need to get it fast. And I actually had, um, some team members, Carol from the, the Cosmos DB team now come on this cross platform. You just like query it and get it so fast. It's so cool. And I love that it works everywhere. I think it's just a .NET standard library. So you can use it basically anywhere. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's for .NET developers from .NET developers. Anything else we got, Pierce? Where can they find us? What's going on in the world? So you can follow me on Twitter at Pierce Bogan or on GitHub at Pierce Bogan as well. I've been pushing some commits up to my repo, uh, github.com forward slash Pierce Bogan forward slash moments. I think it's in a branch right now, um, but I'm doing some work there with uh, with a little ADAL action, a little Azure AD and uh, functions and Cosmos DB. So if you're interested in following along with that work, which is one of my side projects I'm working on right now, that's the place to find me. But if you just want to keep up with what's happening in the life of Pierce and in Xamarin development at Pierce Bogan on Twitter. Very cool. And me as well. You can find me at James Montemagno on GitHub at James Montemagno. Basically, just Google James Montemagno. You'll find me somewhere out there on the Internet. Um, and of course, you can find this podcast at XamarinPodcast.com and on the blog every two weeks, blog.xamarin.com for all the goodies that we discuss here. We'll have all the links in the show notes below. So make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast application. Until next time, I'm James. That I'm Pierce. gentleman over there in Boston is Pierce. It's been good chatting, buddy. Bye.